here right, Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Mountain, assistant editor and podcast guy and, you know, a few other things here at Second City Hockey. And I've got my two usual partners with me this evening. First off, he is uh, the pun guy, and he does some Rockford stuff for us, and he does some NHL-level stuff for us. He just does a little bit of everything. He's kind of a a five-tool reporter using a baseball reference to describe a hockey guy. It's Brandon Kane. Hey, that's me. That's you. How was your marathon run today? It wasn't a marathon run. It was only five. Well, yeah. I mean, you said you were running and you, you would get back to us later and then three hours later. So I assumed you did <laughs> a marathon today. It's one of those things where you get done with a run and you're Please like, tell okay, me. I know all about this. I'm done with this. <laughs> you're like, ah, uh, like, so you take a shower or whatever and you just kind of like lay there and don't do anything. That's, oh, so that's, that's like a normal thing. And then you like, once you like actually get up, you're like, did I actually shower? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I did. See, I like to do the other thing where you don't, you don't do run? anything and then you just <laughs> lay there for an hour anyway. That's, that's uh, really fun. That's, that's fair. All right. Well, well, that's up for Brandon. And then also with us tonight and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything good for you, Shepard. I'm sorry. But it's Shepard Price is here. Hi. I, cla- I clap for you. Let you me. Know. How do you feel about Alec Martinez? Uh, to Vegas, I'm excited because yeah. that's that's a that's a good pairing for Shea Theodore. Okay, well there you that's go. The last time he'll be referenced in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't think he was going to end up with the Hawks because it was it seemed weird for the Kings to send him to the Hawks when neither team's probably going to the playoffs. But you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the Blackhawks are currently in buying. But if they were, I would have liked Martinez. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll come to you here on Tuesday evening. A few nights ago, the Blackhawks finished up a, I wouldn't quite call it disastrous, but pretty close to disastrous road trip through Western Canada, winning just one of four games. At my last look at the standings, they were eight games, or excuse me, eight points out of a playoff spot. I think that's what it still is at the moment. Yep. Uh, Eight points. points. They got some games in hand on some teams, but they're eight points behind the Coyotes and the Flames for a wild card spot. There's only 23 games left in the season. Woo! Yeah, not not great, Bob. Not great at all. The other important thing to consider regarding the rest of the Blackhawks season is that the trade deadline is next Monday. And because of where the Blackhawks sit, eight points out of a playoff spot, they just lost four out of five games in Western Canada. They've actually only won one of their last nine. So everything's looking the opposite of Mill. Or everything's coming up the opposite of Millhouse. I don't know. I tried to throw a Simpsons quote in there and it didn't work. Everything's bad is what I'm trying to say. And so we're starting to think that the Blackhawks are probably going to be sellers when we get to the trade deadline next Monday. So a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is what the Blackhawks, what we think the Blackhawks should do, what we hope they're going to do, and then what they're actually going to do, because those are probably going to be very different things. So first off, Shepard Price, I will start with you. What do you think the Blackhawks should do at the deadline? We're assuming that they're going to sell, but we're looking for some more details on who they're selling, maybe where they sell them to, what they sell them for, things of that nature. Shepard, all you. 
It's a fire sale. Come and get whatever you want. Eric Gustafson, you got it. You want Drake Cajula, you got it. You want Duncan Keith? We're going to tell him that we're rebuilding. He's, he's yours, Toronto. Come get your people. Just fire sale. Everything. Everything. Uh, clearance. Um, you just saw it. President's Day sales, so I guess yes, it is. this is your after President's Day sale. Yes, your after President's Day clearance everything sale. Must everything must go. Everything's on the everything's on the sales rack. You can come get it. Uh, after seeing what teams got today for uh, such notable defensemen as Marco Scandella, uh, I think the Blackhawks have a market if they want to move defensemen. Um, and there's a few of them they can move. Again, Drake Ajula is somebody who could be an interesting move. Um, he's somebody who can play up and down a lineup. He's a very versatile player for a team that's contending. He's, an, he's a restricted free agent this offseason, so it makes sense if the Blackhawks kept him, but it makes more sense to get an asset for him. Um, he is one of Bowman's best trades in recent years, but if you can get another asset on top of that, I don't think the Blackhawks are doing anything soon, unfortunately. So, yeah. I, so I, I, I do think it is time to tell Duncan Keith, hey, we might be rebuilding. Wow. Well, all right. All right. This is where I, I always have to clarify when we use the term rebuilding because to me, rebuilding means what the White Sox just did and what the Cubs did early last decade where you trade everybody. And I don't think yeah. you can call this a rebuild because I don't think Taves and Kane are going anywhere. Duncan Keith might be another story, but I, I wouldn't call it a rebuild. It's a retool. Retool, fire sale, whatever. I, I just that that word. I don't think it means it means different things to different people. I'm clarifying rebuild for me means you're trading everything, and I don't think the Hawks are doing that. So just want to make sure we have that definition out on the table before we go any further. But I mean, to, to be fair, the White Sox have had consistent players the entire time. They never got rid of Jose Abreu, as people predict they well, predicted they would. Yeah, and so yeah. that's that's the sort of role Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane can sort of carve out for themselves. Is that Jose Abreu were the veterans who will help this team? But yeah, I, I, there, there's there's a lot of things I I would be with you on. Um, the Drake Ajula one is I, I'm intrigued by because if they traded him, I would get it. I and like you said, he's he's a very versatile player. He's something that might appeal to another team, and could get a decent haul at the deadline. I also wouldn't mind keeping him around because, like you said, he's a restricted free agent. His salary is only one and a half million. And I feel like you could get him at or very near that salary cap for next season, and he could be a piece that could be very effective for the team next season. But on the blue line, Eric Gustafson, I think we're probably all in agreement. We'll get to Brandon in a bit here, but I don't think anybody believes that Eric Gustafson is going to be on this team come next Tuesday. Eric right? Gustafson must go. He yeah. must. He must go. They can't make that mistake two seasons in a row. Um, th- then the other question gets to some guys who – I feel like Slater Cuckoo could be interesting. Another guy they could dangle. Again, very affordable cap hit in 925. Restricted free agent. But just might be another depth piece that somebody else decides they want. Um, the, the Duncan Keith thing, I, 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 can't get, I can't get on board with you entirely on that one, Shepard. But if they did it, it may not be entirely surprising. Because of well, he, he, did, he said there was an article that came out last week where he said he wanted to win a cup and he wanted to win in Chicago. But he, uh, there was also somewhere in there where I got the sense that if the Hawks take a longer-term look at winning a cup, he doesn't want to be around for that. And he's already right. been around for two playoff list seasons, so maybe he doesn't want to be around for a third and maybe even a fourth. Ole Mott is another guy that his salary situation is a little different because he's got 
a cap hit of just over four million, but he's only twenty five years old, and and he's turned he's turned his season around. He's played like an excellent, played better, and I, I really, and we're gonna get into this down the road. But I think only Mata is a contract you can you almost need to get rid of just to give yourself some flexibility for the upcoming season if they still think they're gonna make a run at whatever it is they're gonna make a run at next year. But we're in Shepard. There's something else regarding right, everything right. you were talking about that I think we'll come back to in a minute. But Brandon, I want to go to you. What do you think the Hawks should do at the upcoming trade deadline? I think if they are to move two players, one of them should be one of the goaltenders, which isn't moving goalies at the trade deadline. Isn't something that's done frequently as I've brought up before. And yes. then Slater cuckoo to Calgary. Okay. All right. Then what are they getting back for him? If, if we're going to be that specific, a pick. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I just his play has elevated, and Calgary has been banged up a little bit on the blue line, so I feel like that's a good fit. And they just saw him not too long ago. Yeah, you mentioned the the thing about goalie trades don't happen as much at the deadline as I think we are led to believe. I feel like that's one of the hockey narratives that has been disproven recently. Like the one of the hockey narratives that, that you always hear is that it, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, but it's pretty much been like the dynasty teams that have won the overwhelming majority of the last 10 Stanley cups talking Hawks, Penguins, Kings, and then the capitals really? who were always good. Like the blues are the only team that really came out of nowhere and won the cup. So that's one theory that seems to be out, out the window. And this trading goalies, things like, I'm trying to think of a situation where a team traded for a goalie and then with that new goalie in place, they really took off. I feel like most of those situations have been a crash and burn. Ryan Miller's the obvious one that comes to mind, but are there any other ones that I'm missing that you guys can think of? Patrick Waugh. <laughs> okay. Were, Were you like, even alive when that happened, Shepard? That was like 2001, right? <laughs> I was quite. alive in 2000. I was alive, believe it or not, in 2001. Right. That, that was well before 2001. Wasn't the, it was like, was when he, are you talking about when he got traded to, to Colorado? Yeah. 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 And, my, and that, and he he immediately did well there. I know it's a, I know it's a while ago, but it was, mid, it was mid mid nineties, but was that, yeah, a, was, alive. was that a deadline deal? I didn't think that was a deadline. It was a December trade. Maybe yeah. More, more, uh, more, more tread trade deadline stuff. Although that is a very good comparison, but I was trying to, wasn't Yarrow wasn't Halak a deadline deal the year he went nuts and damn near took the – I don't think it was the Canadians. It, maybe it was the Canadians. He damn near took someone to the cup, or I think he got to the conference final just playing out of his freaking mind for Montreal. Deadline deal? No, that wasn't a deadline deal either. So, yeah, are, are there any – I can't think of any recent examples of when a goalie got traded at the deadline and became a good piece for his team and – I'm feeling like we're going to find one when we go back and look at stuff after we stop recording. I'm going to feel like an idiot, but nothing's coming to mind. But on the other hand, I don't know. I, I have to imagine there's got to be some sort of market out there for Robin Leonard. Isn't there Brandon? Yeah. And it, he's been linked to Carolina a lot, but the Blackhawks have been linked to Carolina for like everything, including the taco. So, I mean, <laughs> what kind of taco? How how dare you bring up Tavo Teravainen? Yeah, I don't want to. Let's just not talk about Tavo Teravainen. I'm still. Anytime trades come up and Tavo comes up, I get upset. But, let's yeah. not talk about Taco Targaryen. 
But yeah, I mean, Peter Morozik and James Reimer don't exactly, you know, wet the whistle. a ton of confidence, would you say? Wet the whistle? Yeah, they don't wet the whistle. They're not – I don't think either one of us would be uh, entirely surprised if that happened, but there's just – I don't know. It, it feels like they can't afford to keep either – I don't know. They definitely can't afford to keep both guys. I don't even know. Sometimes I look at the Hawks cap situation next year, and I'm not sure how they're going to afford either one of those guys. But there has to be some some sort of market for either one of those goaltenders. And I'm starting to lean more towards Leonard than I would have been a couple weeks ago. Part of that is absolutely my massive uh, standing of Corey Crawford. But the other part of that is Crawford's kind of been playing better than Leonard recently, hasn't he? I'm not imagining this, right? I mean, I, I, I've I found the same thing recently. I think Corey Crawford's becoming 2013 to 2018 Corey Crawford, or a version of that, closer than he has been in a while. And, and, and he, every time Crawford has one of his vintage Crawford games, your mind starts going a little bit, and you think, well, if he plays a little bit, if he can play at this level for a while – Maybe another year or two, you bring up either Tompkins or Delia or Lankinen to back him up and give him – or you sign another veteran goalie that's relatively cheap. You keep his starts in the 40 to 45 range throughout the season, keep him fresh for hopefully a playoff run. I'm not entirely convinced they still can't put something together with Corey Crawford being the guy. And then you trade Robin Leonard within the next week and get something. I, I imagine there's got to be a good haul for him, right? There's, there's got to be. He's he he would be automatically the best goaltender on the market. Yeah, like I, the other team I I always thought about was Edmonton. Now the cap situation, Edmonton's cap is totally screwed. So there'd have to be some maneuvering done. Like the thought I had was, you send Leonard to Edmonton, you bring back Mike Smith to play out the rest of the season, which makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth. But you bring back Mike Smith, who I think is on an expiring deal, and there's some maybe some other financial wiggling you have to do to make that all work out. But and then you get uh, one of Edmonton's top ten defensemen that they've picked in the last few years, either Broberg or Evan Bouchard. Ideally, not Broberg. Huh? Ideally, not Broberg. Not not a fan of Broberg. No, he was a reach. Okay, fair enough. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first. If the Blackhawks trade Robin Leonard to Edmonton for Mike Smith and Evan Bouchard, we will yeah. take all the credit for that. Right. Good deal. No way in hell that happens, but you know no. that's that's what we're thinking. And the, one other thing that while we're on the so, uh, the topic of what the Blackhawks should get in return, the buzzword is always picks. Get draft picks, as many draft picks as you can. I'm not entirely sure that that should be the case, and the reason I say that is because it seems like with what the Hawks are doing. They're still trying to win in the next couple of seasons while Taze and Kane are still under contract. And, and I think they have to win while Kirby Doc and Adam Boquist are still on their interlevel deals because they're going to, if they continue to progress the way they are, they're going to get raises. And then in two or three seasons, when you got to give them new money, everything's going to go to shit even more than it already has now. So, with all that being said, I feel like the Hawks should be looking more for prospects that are either right about to break into the NHL or have already broken through to the NHL and just need some more seasoning to get them to develop the talent that they have. So Shepard, Brandon, if either one of you guys wouldn't chime in on this, what do you think about that whole idea? Because I feel like the Hawks are going to need bodies that are going to be here 
and able to contribute at the NHL level sooner than a guy they'll draft this summer. Yeah. I mean, that logic makes sense because then you have these guys that you think are going to be cornerstones of the franchise on cheap deals. And it's always that cast out the older players and bring these young guys in. And you want to hit that magic point where the salary cap situation works out to where maybe you can make that in-season splash or something during the summer free agent wise to put your team over the edge if the the money's available. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I think they can do both. Like you can still get some picks, but I don't think they should be limiting them themselves to just picking up more, more and more draft picks. I think they'd benefit from getting some actual players and some actual soon to be NHL level talents on the, uh, into the system along with the guys that they already have. Because, I mean, you know, again, and like I think kind of goes back to what you were saying, Brandon, if any of those guys end up – if they end up with too much talent, then you package that talent. At <laughs> oh, shucks, position. too much talent. Yeah, oh, dar, we have too many good players. No GM has ever said that ever. So, if that all works out, then you maybe you can make a deal in season or maybe an extra trade deadline and get the one or two pieces you need to make your team really good and, you know, we see what happens with this team next year. Um, so I think we are good with the, everything that we hope, or I guess think the Blackhawks should do now. I think we want to pull it back a little bit and get into the more reality mode. Shepard, what do you think the Blackhawks are actually going to do before the trade deadline next Monday? The pessimist in me says stand pat. Uh, They're not going to do anything. Uh, maybe trade Gustafson, uh, which is the one move that everybody in Chicago wants made. Um, the optimist in me says trade a goaltender, trade Gustafson. Um, maybe one of the other three guys we've mentioned in Mata, Kuku, and Kajula. Um, and that's the optimist in me, is that very small moves that aren't going to wholly affect the team or bring in that much. Yeah, I think – I think I'm pretty much on board with you that I think it's a, I, I'm the only guy I'm convinced that is leaving is Eric Gustafson. And there's starting to be some smoke about the Blackhawks goalie situation in terms of Leonard and Crawford. Cause I think uh, in Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts today, he mentioned that Colorado has been looking at Corey Crawford, which would suck, it but makes me physical, physically ill. Um, <laughs> Colorado is my least favorite team in the league. Oh, Oh, <laughs> I don't so, agree with that. But yeah, yeah, I, I can I can name I can name several that I hate a lot more than Colorado, but they're working their way up the list. They they got Sam Gerard, who's starting to get pretty damn annoying. So, uh, Brandon, what about you? What do you think the Blackhawks are actually going to do between now and next Monday? I think they're either going to do a whole lot of nothing, or they're going to make some weird trade where they bolster up their like top prospect pool as far as like getting guys to help Rockford push for the playoffs. So like they did in 2017, like a, a tweener guy that's on a bad team, but you know that he can kick rocks and the AHL and help you along. Well, they still need goal scorers in Rockford, don't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's 
because they have guys that are injured and on the way back, but um, it's been something that's plagued the team last season as well. So it wouldn't hurt by any means. Yeah, I, I'm trying to – I keep scrolling up and down the Blackhawks cap friendly page trying to talk myself into some other moves that they're going to make. But outside of Eric Gustafson, I just don't – I don't know. I get, Robin Leonard, I, I think I'm leaning – I'm warming up to the idea that either Crawford or Leonard are going to go. But just look at the Fords. It's like I'd love to see them trade Zach Smith, but he's got a no-movement clause and he's hurt right now, so that probably doesn't help. But that extra year – That's a, a summer buyout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him him and Olimata both, I think if they're both around in the summer, they might be getting bought out. But then everywhere else, I mean, you don't think they're going to trade Brandon Saad, right? No, God no, God no! Don't say that. Don't even mention it. Don't even right. put that in Stan Bowman's head. Uh, we're not. Don't get rid of the best player in in two hundred feet of ice. Yeah, I. With the best I, name too. Sod. Well, yeah, there's a good name. Aren't there a few Brandons? Yeah. Well, the, down at Rockford, there's a couple. There's another Brandon. Maybe they'll bring back Brandon Bolig and make you really happy, Brandon. What about? I, I was so mad that there wasn't that meeting. Uh, <laughs> like, why Why did you not have a picture of Brandon Hagel with Brandon Bullock? Like, that just makes so much sense. No, well, well, next year when they hire you to work in their uh, communications department, you can make sure that happens. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, here, Here's one that I had a very interesting thought about. What about Dylan Strom? No. Why? <laughs> Stop naming names. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just going down the list of under, of of guys on expiring deals. That I mean, be what, a deal that that desperately need the Blackhawks to re-sign them because he's the part of this of, of this team's future. And again, I wrote an article a few weeks ago saying that he's he's better this season at least. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're pot committed. You can't change your mind now. No, I am committed. Dylan Strom saying on this team. Yeah, no, I don't want them trading Dylan Strom. Yeah, he also has a dog named Wrigley. So I mean, he's like. You know, pretty committed. Chicago through and through now. To the bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Does he have the uh, Chicago flag, Chicago flag tattooed around his right forearm? Because I feel like that's the number one tattoo in the city of Chicago is the flag around the right forearm. No. No. Someone confirm that for me, Brandon. Not, not, well, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. That's that's this summer after he gets his next big payday, right? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dominic Kubelik's contract is up, but he's not going anywhere. No, anywhere. No. Nope. Uh. Yeah, and that's it. And then, and then it's it's all like minor league guys or or what have you. And I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to watch because right? um, there's the only guy I like. I said it seems like we've all reached a consensus that Gustafson's probably gone. But outside of that, like I don't really know what the Blackhawks. I don't really know what to expect between now and next Monday. Um, the thing you mentioned, Shepard, about how the prices today for some of the defensemen that were going like very much depth guys getting like second and third round picks. Like it's, it seems like it's definitely a seller's market because there's not a ton of players out there to be moved. So there's certainly the Blackhawks can certainly take advantage of some teams that they might be able to drive up the drive up the bargaining price and get some good returns on some of the players that they have to offer. But I guess the other thing I kind of wanted to look at with this is there was an article that Scott Powers wrote today that was looking into the salary cap situation the Blackhawks are going to face this coming summer. 
And I didn't realize this till today, but it's it's not a very pretty picture. This is where we were talking about the Zach Smith and Olimata buyouts might become necessities with the way everything's set up. But they've already got, and as I'm scrolling down on Cap Friendly trying to find this, they have $70 million committed to 14 players next year. And the salary cap might be like 83, 84 million. So you're going to have 13 to 14 million to spill out. (laughs) Thank you, Brandon. They'll have about 13, 14 million to fill the rest of the roster. And you, and that is not factoring in a new deal for Dylan Strom, a new deal for Dominic Kubelik. And a goaltender. And yeah, there's no goaltenders included in that figure. So that's where I feel like the Blackhawks might have to get more aggressive at this deadline than they initially thought because, or maybe not more than they initially thought, but they might have to be extra aggressive to make, make them able to do something this summer to have some sort of flexibility. Cause otherwise you're just going to bring back all the players that are injured right now. You're going to bring them all back and hope they don't suck next season. And that really seems like a bad plan. Isn't it Shepard? Yeah. Uh, you're, Going to be relying again on two guys who are currently on LTIR in, in terms of defense, too, um, because Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan will have to play on this team again. Uh, unless Seabrook, unless it doesn't go well for Seabrook. And unless he, Seabrook he mysteriously comes down with a skin ailment or something. And we put him on Stefan Robida Island. Mysterious, mysteriously disappears to a Caribbean island for the next three to four years. But let's not do that to Marion Hosa, who is a physical warrior and who wasn't playing poorly ever. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not implying at all that Marion Hosa's thing was made the, up. The, the mysterious skin illness that's overplayed. Absolutely, it was not. It was not gaming the system. If they decide right. to game the system for Brent Seabrook, I'm here for it. I'll eat you guys. Do you think Brent Seabrook plays another game in Chicago? I think he has to. Yeah. Brandon? Yes. I, I don't know. I just feel like somehow the Hawks are going to do something and he's not playing in Chicago anymore. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I honestly can't think of a way, but I feel like he's not – they're going to figure out some way to game the system and get that $6.875 million off the books somehow, either LTIR yeah. or some other crazy thing. The better bet is, is whether that number is plus or minus 80. I feel very much that it's under 80. Under – Plus, wait, what, what, what are we gambling on here? Plus or minus 80 for Brent Seabrook for many games in Chicago. Ah, okay. That's what I, I got you. I, well, I, I would definitely take the under because I'm yeah, already I'm at zero. Okay. But, yeah, I feel like Calvin DeHaan's going to be back on this team next year somehow. And, you know, even if you factor in, there's going to be some – probably some entry-level deals. Um, you know, Ian Mitchell allegedly is going to be on the NHL team next year. And – you might even be able to factor in Nicholas Bowden. Brandon, what do you think? You think Bowden's going to be ready to be at the NHL level next year? Um, he That's probably your... has to get his temper in order before that happens. His temper? I, I did not know that about him. That's, That's He's not like he's a hothead, but sometimes he commits penalties that are a little – yeah, make, your, make you scratch your head. You're just like, you're smarter than that. Why are you doing that? Okay. Sort of situation. Okay. So, right. good yeah. to know. I wish you could, like, look at penalty minutes and there was, like, a system where you could, like, break them up as to, like, what they are and just to see how many slashing penalties he has. 
It'd just be interesting. <laughs> okay. I guess he had three tonight. <laughs> well, he's nothing if not consistent. He's he's uh he's George Washington chopping down the cherry tree. Wow. Very, very well done, Shepard. The French Canadian chopping down the cherry tree. If you can name one of the Canadian that. founding fathers to make that joke work, please do. Oh, I got nothing. Okay. Well, what sure there was a George. Yeah, probably. George. George. Uh, but yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Blackhawks hockey and trade deadline? Yeah. Yeah, this this and while we're tangentially between subjects here, this sucks. I hate doing this. I hate that it's February eighteenth, and instead of talking about games, we're talking about trade deadline. I hate this. I'm so damn sick of this. Why do the Blackhawks have to suck now? They only won three cups. Only. I know. Uh, I mean, they won they won one cup three times. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure if if they're for some reason if there's fans of other teams chiming in right now, they're like, "Why in the hell?" They probably hate us, but it's just I I hate the fact that it's, every game that they lost when they were out in, in this road trip last week, every single loss was just more and more deflating and depressing to the point when they got to that game Sunday night against Winnipeg for the second time. Even when they got the early lead, I was just waiting for the roof to cave in. Because I've been watching this movie for two seasons now, and it's the same old shit. And sure enough, all it took was Alex to bring it to tip one into his own net by accident, but it still happened. Hey, he's scoring goals. So. <laughs> That's that confident thing, right? They always talk about, you know, it's good to see the fuck go in the net. Well, exactly. sometimes exactly. it just doesn't go into your own <laughs> so, net. Maybe you should have been a little bit more specific when he said that last time, huh? Right. Yeah, like, don't you guys agree? Like, this, I hate talking about trade deadline in a sense of selling. I hate having to – I'm scrolling the salary cap situation for the summer in the middle of February. I'd much rather be looking at scouting reports for teams they might see in the playoffs. I think – I'd much rather – yeah, I'd much rather be talking about how can we, how can we possibly acquire Sammy Vatman to, to shore <laughs> up our defensive unit. Right. I think the frustrating thing is not that the team is not going to possibly like writings on the wall if they're not going to make the playoffs or that they're not like one of the teams that could contend to make the playoffs is that they're in this no man's land. Right. Yeah. Like you Purg- look at it and you're like, purgatory. well, maybe, but like realistically probably no. So it's that thing where you're like, they have guys, but there's value to keep them, but there's also value to trade them. And you don't know if there's someone who can come up in the system to fill that void once someone leaves and how well they could do that and what their ceiling would be right. realistically. Yeah. And actually it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that Brandon, cause that brings me to something that I did want to talk about with you too. And we're going to do that right on the other side of this quick timeout. Welcome back to Musings on Madison, and as we were hinting at before the break, wanted to touch on what's going to be worth watching or worth keeping an eye on with the Blackhawks team for the rest of the season, because as we're going through the list, one thing that I think kind of stands out is that unless they trade a Leonard or a Crawford, or both, I guess, unless they make some massive trade, probably a goaltender is really the only place it will happen, 
it's not like they're trading away any of their top flight guys. You know, if they just trade away a Gustafson and maybe Cuckoo or maybe Kajula, I don't think any of those guys are massive subtractions from what the Blackhawks have had all season long. So Shepard, I mean, if this is all they do, if all they do is trade Gustafson, how much difference is that really going to make? That's sort of where the addition by subtraction comes in, because as soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as you subtract the worst player on your roster, you become a much, a much better team. Uh, and I, for one, am very tired of seeing Eric Gustafson give up more goals than he gets for. Uh, and as soon as that man is no longer on our roster, uh, I think the Blackhawks might be fine and might be a much more watchable team when they're not watching one of their defensemen collide with the other one of their defensemen in the neutral zone. You mentioned this earlier, and I keep going back and forth on the thought of Eric Gustafson being the worst player on the Blackhawks roster. And I, I mean, it's one of those things I feel like I can't really refute it. I don't know if it's accurate, but I can't tell you you're wrong. So I guess I just have to leave it as it is. I mean, if it, it's one thing if you're getting as many points as you're giving up, which is what he was sort of doing last season. It's right. a whole nother if you're giving up a lot more than you're getting. And that's, what, that's, that's what's happening this season. You know, I, I guess if you, if you move Gustafson, I guess that just means Nick Sealer becomes an everyday number six defenseman for the Hawks. Ideally, it means that Adam Boquist finally starts playing with Connor Murphy, who he should have been playing with all along. Well, I mean, I, I don't mind the, the Boquist and Keith pairing doesn't bother me. It seems like it's been working out fairly well. Right, but Duncan Keith is not the safety blanket you want playing with Adam Boquist at this point in time, and Connor Murphy okay. is. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So then, I don't know, so you go Murphy with Boquist, then Keith goes with Sealer? Because uh, Mott and Cougar are probably going to be together. Yeah, they need to, they need to be together. Yeah, so I, I guess that's what you do is Keith and Sealer because I think that's what they did when they scratched Boquist that one game is they put Keith and Sealer together. So maybe call up somebody from Rockford. I know, I know, we've, we've talked about Bodan not being ready, uh, and I, I don't, Gilbert? I don't, I don't want to see Dennis Gilbert every day. Maybe Lucas Carlson gets the gets the nod finally. Yeah, right. he sure as hell wants it after <laughs> talking to him on Monday. That kid has got some moxie. He, you know. Not just your stuff from talking to you, Brandon, but some of the other stuff I read and hear about Rockford, like it sounds like he's interesting. Like he's, he should be worth a look at some point. And if the Blackhawks decide to sell off pieces at the deadline and and some spots op- are become available, like I feel like maybe Lucas Carlson gets a look. But there's also, I mean, the, the one concern I had when everyone's – the talk has been about trading two goalies. If you trade both Crawford and Leonard – you have three goalies left in the system with Tompkins, Lankinen, and Delia, and you have two hockey teams. I don't know if they have a fourth guy down in the Indy. I don't even know. Tompkins. It's uh, Brad Marchand's uh, cousin. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Exactly. So yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna run out of goalies to fill out the roster of your NHL and AHL team. So that's why I think the idea of trading both Leonard and Crawford seems misguided, unless they're going to get a goalie in return which almost seems to defeat the purpose unless it's that Mike Smith switch I referenced earlier. But uh, Brandon, what about you? I mean, if, if the Hawks don't do much at the deadline, I guess what are you kind of expecting the last two months of the season to be like? So I think because they have 11 home games in March, there's going to be this like somewhat 
push that they'll somehow make and they'll make it interesting and then they'll just be like oh we ran out of time womp womp yeah, and they'll, was- they'll finish like eight like six eight points out and it'll be like that renewed sense of like hey look what we just did and we were so close and then nothing's gonna change yeah it'll because like the one thought, the one thought I was entertaining in the in the recent minutes was that they they make the trade to get rid of you know you trade Gustafson, you trade Leonard, and then maybe maybe Kajula, probably not Kajula. Let's just say you trade Gustafson and Leonard. Yeah. Boquist takes over the power play, the top unit, and for some reason that is what makes the power play click. Maybe having your number seven overall pick be the featured guy on the top power play unit. Who to thunk Eight. it, right? So maybe the power play goes off just a little bit. Maybe goes off goes off for like twenty to twenty five percent for like three weeks, and Crawford plays it the way he's been playing for the last month or two, and all of a sudden you made these trades to make your team a seller at the deadline. But then the players that are left figure some shit out, and the Hawks end up making the playoffs anyway. I'm not optimistic that that's going to happen, but I could absolutely see that happening. So the other good news is uh, I've been pessimistic all day, but let's let's talk about the good news. The Blackhawks <laughs> have three really fun, exciting rookies like Boquist, who they can watch. Uh, we were down on Doc earlier this season, but he has had a Ooh. hell of a half of uh, season yeah. so yeah, far. Doc is Doc is fun. Uh, Dominique Kubalik. It's going to be a test to see if he can stay in that Calder conversation, just because Elvis Merzlikens has turned it on for Columbus. Uh, Adam Fox. Yeah, there's there's like five guys in that conversation now. Yeah, yeah. and the, yeah, not to mention Kale McCarr and right, those two Ooh. are automatically going to get nominated. Get used to it, Brandon. You're saying his name for 15 goddamn years. Yeah, it, it, it's it's gonna be fun to watch Dominique Cooper try and make that push and end the season yeah. with 30 goals. Yeah, that's so, like again. There's there's a lot of things that could happen with this team. I'm I'm I've become more pessimistic that I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but. You know, I was looking at it today. They are only eight points out of a playoff spot, and they're also in I think seventh from the bottom in the league. So I feel like they're like they're right in the middle of that hockey purgatory we kind of referenced earlier, where they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to get into the lottery. Although that didn't matter last year. No, it feels like they could still put something together, give us some interesting games in March still. And still, by the time we get to April, end up in the top 10 for the draft next year, which wouldn't be the worst place to be in. In a deep draft, no, it's not. Yeah. It's, and one, it's one of the I, deepest drafts. I know. I've, yeah, that's, that's another thing that I've noticed recently. I think uh, I, I saw Don, Don Goes Brown was talking about this on Twitter, that this is like one of the deepest drafts since like the mid-2000s they're talking about. 2003, probably, yeah. Yeah. I haven't really done much draft prep yet. I'm still kind of – trying to cope with the fact that I'm probably not going to be watching Blackhawks playoff hockey again. So we'll have plenty of time for draft pep when we get to April and May when I'm watching everybody else have fun with the playoffs. But, you know, there's – it still seems like there's not – the season's not a total loss because of, like, the things you guys mentioned with Boquist and Doc and Kubelik. And, you know, there's not – I still feel like there's something left to be salvaged out of this group of players that they have right now. And with the core guys of Taves, Kane, Keith still around, and 
Brandon Saad's still under contract for a few years. It feels like there's something here if they can just get it all to click properly, something good can happen. Um, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I don't know if the coach they have in place right now is the best person to do that. Shepard, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, <clears throat> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. No. So, uh, Jeremy Carlson can go. He can, he can please leave. Yeah, well, we'll have we'll have plenty of time to do that episode in the rest of the regular season. Just like we'll also have plenty of time to wax poetic about Kirby Doc because there was a, a breakout he had. I don't know if it was the Winnipeg game. I think it was the game before that, which I think would have been Calgary. When he got the puck in his own end and skated through his own D zone, through the neutral zone, and had a controlled entry into the offensive zone. And you just watched it and you're like, holy shit. He's doing it. Like he's becoming the, there's Dude, there's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. He was becoming the player that we all kind of hope he can be. And I yeah. swear he's come so close about five to ten times of doing some ridiculous highlight reel goal. I feel like he's gonna connect on one of them before the season ends and we're all gonna lose our minds and it's gonna be really great. So so there's there's some optimism for the end of the podcast because uh, after talking about what the Blackhawks are going to get rid of for the last half an hour or so, now we can actually t- talk about some things that might be worth watching over the last six weeks of the season, even if the playoffs aren't a part of that. So, Shepard, Brandon, any final thoughts? As Brandon said at the start of the season, watch different hockey. Watch, <laughs> yeah. watch, watch the Blackhawks if you're a Blackhawks fan, but pay attention to the teams who are going to make the playoffs now. Tampa <laughs> Bay. Tampa Bay seems fun as hell. Yeah, you uh, They found how- themselves again. It's amazing how much faster the game can be played when you watch other teams play. And it's also like the... Arsenal on Dreisaitl. Yeah. And the the difference in the broadcast is always, like, interesting to me because I'm like, oh, that's what an intermission is supposed to be like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. It's the one thing I've noticed, like, they used to do the intermission show, like, behind the desk, which I think is what, like, every show does. Now they do, like, the, the chairs in a circle. Like, it almost looks like they're staging an intervention. It, you know what it is? <laughs> it's just a giant mansplaining and, like, manspreading. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like, keep your knees within, like, the chair, the arm lengths, and just, just talk about the game. Like, I know, like, my feet are up watching this game, but, like, yours really don't need. Yeah, I don't know. The the chair setup thing always struck me as weird for any sports just any sports talk show in general, especially when it's in the middle of a game. Like something about like the guy sitting the people sitting behind the desk. And like that's that's the way this should be. And the way it is now it just strikes me as weird. So I don't know. Uh yeah, it's yeah, it's nah, it's different. But then you have like the when they do like the Bears Daffer show with like Lawrence Holmes and uh, former players, like, that makes sense. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I can get down with that. But, like, during the game, like, when they're doing the intermission, it just, you know, seems weird, just like you said. Yeah. Shepard, what about you? Any, any other burning thoughts? <laughs> get Murphy some help. Let, just play, so play, find somebody who can play with Connor Murphy. He deserves it. He deserves nice things. There you go. That'll, that'll be the final word. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. I was actually going through some of our uh, data that we can compile with this podcast. So I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in New Zealand, Aruba, and the Philippines. 
thank you so much for listening and everybody else everywhere else all over the the globe that's listening we really appreciate everyone that listens to this uh follow us on social media like us on facebook and go leave us a good five-star review on itunes if you're really feeling friendly we'd really appreciate that uh stay tuned to the website secondcityhockey.com i'm sure during monday's tread deadline we will have plenty of things to talk about we'll have plenty of things up on that website as the news happens that day because i imagine something's going to happen uh so stay tuned there stay tuned to this and we're actually now that i think about it we're going to do a special recording of musings on madison next monday as soon as the trade deadline ends and we know the blackhawks are done with whatever it is that they do so uh stay tuned next monday for a very special edition of musings on madison thank you for listening to this episode and for Shepard and Brandon, I'm your host, Dave Melton. Thanks so much, and go Hawks. Da, 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 da.